0: Uh, you got to click on the box, Rab. Like your box where you at, your name? Yeah. And you'll see three little dots. Push on them three little dots. And it should say rename. Do you see the three little dots? Double click. Right click it, Rab. Right click it. I don't see no right clicking. Oh. Oh, you on the cell phone. That's right. I don't know. I'm anything. on the
1: cell phone, man. I Cause you say when I get on my laptop, you hear clicking.
0: Dots. Oh, wait a minute, more. Yeah. Meeting settings. Anything you see? Rename.
1: Show name when. Mm.
0: See y'all there.
1: I don't yep. see nothing it says rename. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead so, and conduct this meeting.
2: All right, man. So hey, I'm glad to have all, all four of you gentlemen here. The legends, the founders of, of the ATL, in my eyes, you know what I'm saying. So, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you guys out um, is just to, you know, just to get some identity to who you are, what you've done, you know, and the legacy that you gave to Atlanta. I wanted to start the meeting off by you know letting you introduce yourself. I'm gonna start off with uh, Elwood J since he's the closest to me. All right, so Elwood J, we're gonna go.
3: Hey, hi, hello! I'm that cool, fly fellow, chilly and mellow, King Edwin J. I say, rocking Atlanta, landed- a hey, making the caterers sound much greater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Okay. All right. Well, first
2: of all, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Go ahead. Just introduce
3: myself. Not go into the story. Is that correct? Yeah. Just
2: no. <laughs> Yeah.
0: All right, Shadi, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yo, what's up, y'all? I'm going by the name of MC Shadi. All right, Raheem.
4: Yo, check it out. This is your boy Raheem the Dream, straight tight to death, recording the artist, author of many books in the music industry, CEO of Tight to Death Records, responsible for a whole bunch of hits, y'all. We'll talk about
1: later. All right, my man, Black Rabbi. All right, everybody, see my real slave name is Melvin Spearman, but I go by the... I go, I'm go, i known by the Black rabbi. I seen my niece was on there. I don't know what happened to her, but uh, I've been all over the place. Started out in Decatur, went to Lawrenceville,
2: now way down south in Henry County. <laughs> all right. So, I, now, so now everybody kind of introduced themselves. Now we're going to go... I'm going to just start it off. Rabbi, since you kind of was about to lead into it, I'm going to let you go and go ahead and like, since I know you kind of, like, spearheaded a lot of the things that went on and, like, you know, you was kind of the guy that was kind of responsible for Shadi, I just want to start it with you and just let you kind of tell your story and then we'll go into Shadi and Raheem, all right?
1: All right, but I'm gonna keep it short then because, you know, Shadi and Raheem, no, I can, I, I'm like the smile for the south. I can go on and on and on, but this is how it all started out back in 1978, came down to Atlanta, Georgia, but I really didn't kick into this rap scene until 1980. You know, I had this uh I had this idea about the break dance. I didn't see no breakdancing going on down here. But my idea was just all the breakdancing was with, with a couple of friends like uh, Ernest Marshall. I forget the female's name. So I don't want to really leave nobody out because if I leave somebody out, they're gonna get old. Why do you talk about me? But um it goes back to the prime cable. That's where with Shadi, we all started Columbia High School. Columbia High School, me and Cashew Cow was doing a um, high school tour. I'm in Columbia High School. I had this long cord mic and I asked the crowd, anybody out there know how to spit? This little dude comes up to me and said, I can. I said, I bet. What's your name? <laughs> MC Shy D. I gave him the mic and I'm gonna tell you something, uh, DJs. everything was history from there. I told Cal, we gotta bring this guy out on this high school tour. But we but Southwest Cab and Columbia, uh, Cedar Grove had a contest. They both won. So Run DMC went to Cedar Grove. I was gonna go to Southwest Cab with Rock Roxanne Shantae, but the principal at Southwest Cab wasn't having it. So right. I called Shadi up and said, look, I can't pay you, but I need you to be in the audience of your whole old high school, because they do an assembly with Run DMC, Roxanne Shate, Make this real quick. I think I saw Shadi, but when after Run DMC did their thing, I said, I asked the student body, how many of you know of MC Shadi? They went ballistic. And I said, D, if you're in the audience, I need you to come on down. Man, he came down, DJX and Shy D. You know what you did. He turned it out so hard that Joseph Simmons says, Who is that? I said, this, this guy right here is from the Bronx, but he's he's very popular in the South. From Cedar Grove, we went to the uh, Hawks game with Funky yep. Fresh Fresh. Funky Fresh Frank. From there, Shy D turned the Omni out. Right, Shy D? No doubt. No doubt. And then with (laughs) Rahim, I met Rahim. Rahim, explain how I met you, man, because it it just blows my mind. Because I haven't talked (laughs) to you in 35
5: years.
4: (laughs) Man, it was wild. To meet the black rabbi, man, this was before uh, everything. It was before my very first record. Uh, In fact, he was on this uh, uh, cable TV show. Uh, It was really Georgia TV at that time. And somebody called me, they said, yo, man, you need to get down to this station right off 14th Street. uh, It's a station, uh, uh, it's a guy on that show called Black Rabbi Man, and you need to go on his show and and get an interview, tell everybody about what you're doing. You know, because I was really uh, just throwing parties. Uh, I was straight from Thorough High School, me and DJ Toonk. So we throwing parties, and Toonk was my DJ. So they told me to go on the Black Rabbi show and get you some of this promotion. So I got on there and I met Rabbi, man. And next thing you know, I'm helping Rabbi I put posters up on telephone poles in Atlanta, <laughs> Decatur, mm-hmm. East Point, you know. And, and me and Rabbi, I was cool. Rabbi, I said, just come by my show, man. i put you on. we we'll blow things up, whatever you got to do. So I come on the show, man, and I'm coming on with stuff like this. Do y'all remember what these
2: are? <laughs> I, I remember
4: that. I remember see? that. Right? So the new generation, y'all never seen one of these. These are cassettes. And look at oh, that. Oh, the
5: cassette.
4: I had to put my glasses on. Yeah, yeah. Look, hey, and then we, we even had to do something better than that. We even had to carry stuff like this. 12 inches around. That's right. <laughs> right. <12 inches laughs> nah. With DJ Tump on there. Man, I'm telling you, man, we had to tote these around, man. How, how you feel going in the club? You got twenty of them on the side of your arm. That's But right. that was the only, only means and only method that we had. So you didn't know nothing about CDs and U USBs and stuff. So somebody saw you with a twelve-inch, they couldn't wait to get it, take it home and put it on their stereo. You know, move that right. that comfort that uh, uh, your television over and lift that big old thing
5: up. <laughs> twelve-inch on
4: that. <laughs> Well, That's I'm crazy. You, yeah, th- I'm telling you, that was the
2: intro to the game for me. That was the intro. So, so, so check this out. Um, the crazy thing is, both of you guys started out independent, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Raheem, you kind of remain independent at your, you know, throughout your career. Yes, but like, just speak on like in the beginning when you both of y'all started, you know, just being independent and how important, how important it was to be independent back. And this is, we're talking about like 85, 86. Yeah, yep.
4: it was it was so important to be independent at that time because you didn't have, we didn't have the, the wherewithal to go inside of a record label, such as Warner Brothers and Atlantic and and Sony to ask somebody to give us a deal. They weren't handing out deals like that. So in order for you to get your record going, you had to actually find out where's pressing plants We was using Georgia Pressing at that time and I was getting my uh, cassettes Uh, out of Miami, you know, in Halea. So, I'm getting records and cassettes shipped in every three weeks. Then we had to find out, how do we sell our music? How do we get it into uh, Peppermint music, Turtle music, and and Camelots, and all these chains. Uh, Most of them not even here now. But they was like, if you're not on a major label, you know, we're not accepting independent product in the stores at this time. So, we had that roadblock. We had the radio roadblock where at this time Ray Board was the program director for V103. And if you were not on one of those major, four major labels, he wasn't playing your music except on Friday night, Friday Fresh Fest. Right. And you're talking about between the hours of 10 PM and 12, midnight. Right. You got two hours to get that was your- two hours. That was two hours. That was the uh fresh party. Yeah, that was our fresh party we had to get our music in there, and you know how many records everybody wanted to get their records on. You weren't getting but a minute and a half of your song mixed in that night. So, <laughs> right. look, what are the odds are you getting heard on Friday night from 10 to 12, okay, from the regular consumer, everybody's trying to go to a club. Remember the Phoenix nightclub, Char disco, and yeah, the night all that. Yeah, we we going to the club. But what happened? It got real big, and on the way to the club, everybody listened to the Fresh Fest. So Dangerous D and the Fresh Fest, Ryan Cameron and all them, they blowing up our music. This is Atlanta's own Shadi and and Raheem the Dream. So now we the hottest in the club. So we might didn't have a video out, we might wasn't on a major record label, but we the hottest in the club. Therefore, the record stores started requesting our records. They like, well, we need that Raheem. Here. We miss some sales, we miss the money. Uh they come in there asking for Raheem and Shadi more than they asking for Salomon and all these other big name. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we ease our way on in. And then, and y'all don't know about this right here, the the 90-day uh payment plan. You know, we'll take your product in, but we're only paying every 90 days. I'm right. like. I'm paying every time I go press my record, they ain't giving me 90 days. So if you want some brand new Raheem Dream, Eliminating all that stuff, you have to pay too. So they were like, well, let me check with my boss. I said, you check with him and you give us a call. By that time, they'd have missed 100 or 200 more 12 inch sales. They called back and say, we'll do y'all invoice to invoice. Every time we order 100, we pay for the next 100. That's how they were doing me. They, they broke the rules to get
2: some brand new Raheem and they stole man. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so Shadi, I know your experience was a little different because you was on Foresight, and that label was out of Florida. So like, what was your experience? I mean, especially like during that time, we, like I said, it's 84, 85, Atlanta, you know, just, just setting the scene, Atlanta really don't have a rap scene. Like y'all the first dudes out the box really like that outside of Mojo. Now, you know, I, I can't excuse Mojo. because Mojo, yep. he had jump, stop and twist, but that was like more the AM days when we was like W A O K. W I T O, ITO. But yep. this was like the beginning of the first party. That and I think the first party started with Wanda Rummers and then Darren Fears took it over. Okay. Yep. But we talking about like 80 we talking about 85, 86. You were <laughs> signed to like being signed. I think you was like if you weren't in high school,
0: you was fresh out of high school. Yeah, so why, definitely. So what um, was that
2: experience like?
0: I mean it was cool because like I say, uh before I got to deal with Foresight, um, um, like I say, Rabbi hooked me up, you know, so people, my name kind of was in the streets with no record. So uh, basically, um, I used to open up shows for like groups that come to Atlanta. You know, they had like the Parents of Roxanne and all that thing that Roxanne, Roxanne craze going on back around that time. So um, I got a chance to open up for uh, Gigolo, Tony and Lacey Lace. Um, they was the parents of Roxanne and Sparky D was on the show. And I think Shantay was on the show, or the real Roxanne, one of them was on the show. Make a long story short, after I got through doing my little two-minute set, uh Vanis Lopez stepped to me and she was like, Hey, you was pretty good. What's the name of your song? I told her, Nah, I'm local. You know, I said, uh she said, You don't have a you don't have a, a record. I said, nah, I don't have a record deal or nothing. I work, I park cars. So she was like, let me go back down to Florida. I worked for a label which was Foresight Records, Billy Hines. Hmm. So she, yeah, she went back and talked to Billy and she called me back in the week and was like, yo, um, we ready to send for you. You know, uh, you got any ideas on the record for a record? I said, Yeah, I got a, a, a great idea for a song. So uh she uh they sent me and DJ Man two Greyhound bus tickets, and we caught the bus down there to Fort Lauderdale. And we went in the studio and made a uh, rap will never die. And then uh Billy uh, you know, he put the record out, man, and the record was like growing legs, you know, it was just blowing up everywhere, man. And you know, like Rod said, man, I had about 20, 12 inches under my arms going, you know, from club to club, you know, giving them the DJs and stuff, you know what I'm saying? So yo, uh basically, uh, it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> Mhm. You still here with us, X?
2: My Hello. Bad. I, had to, I, had to mute, I had to mute my mic. I was mute my mic, so I wouldn't get no feedback. My bad. Um. So during that time, man, like I say, this '84, '85, there's a lot of things going on. when y'all, young, and during that time, this is like when gangs that first hit Atlanta. You had the whole down by law thing going on,
5: and like,
0: like I said, I got to mute somebody's phone. Hold on one second. So my named Erica Chow. That's probably where all yeah. that noise coming from.
2: Yeah,
0: that um, sound like my neighbor. Oh, that's your neighbor? <laughs> yeah, that's my neighbor. Na- I told a lot of people about this. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: I told a lot of people about this. You know, okay. you'd be surprised. I just sent it out okay.
0: nonstop. I'm, I'm, I'm still sending out the people right now as we're okay. talking. Hey, so, um, so like I said, we, 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 we still in eighty five.
2: Like in during this time. Um, Shadi, you knew about like, especially like, what I'm looking at is like, Shadi, you represented like the east side, which was, was, you know, Decatur, that kind of thing. And 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 Raheem, you kind of represented the west side. And during this time, Atlanta Atlanta didn't have a a real voice and it was real important. Like the only identity we had was, most artists had to kind of, we either had to sound like we were New York or the music had to be like New York. Like when you first came out with Eliminator, you kind of like had that L.L. flow LL. and then like and then like um, side when you came out, you was coming from New York. You kind of already had a New York sound. OK. You know so, so but you kind of fused it and kind of, you, you know, it just it just made good music. But yep. um, but during that time, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of things going on. What kept y'all focused on the music being so young? And then I think during that time, I think. Uh, Raheem, you was dealing with Jarvis. You were signed to him. Yep. you and Jarvis were doing the independent thing, am I not mistaken? Yeah, on um, Arvis Records. Uh, King J, uh
4: Jarvis Raheem had uh started Arvis Records, him and a, him and his friend named Art. Uh they started Arvis Records and um we took off from there. We we was hitting the uh jelly beans and you know, all the we was hitting the, the club scene and uh this one trip me out. Uh, Back in the days, man, 85, 86, 87, that's when we was hitting the strip club scene. We had Montre's out there in the Purple Onion. Right. When they, that's where they got the name table dance from the girls actually had to stand on top of the table.
2: And and the Fox and Lady was part of And the
4: Fox fox lady. Lady. So these girls are standing on top of the table your drink gotta get out the way because she gotta get on table. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, whatever you got on the table, you need to put it on the floor. Did y'all just I- mention the Purple Onion? Yep. That was my dad. My dad, that was actually uh my dad. Uh, He owned Gentleman's Club and that's where he made Club Nicky's. That was his first spot. Yes. The purple yes,
4: Onion. That used to be the Purple Onion.
0: That's and right. The, uh, Let me tell you, he, he took me up there
2: in uh-huh. the parking
0: lot and he said, baby girl, what you think about this spot? And yeah. I said, I don't know, dad. You know, it's called the Purple Onion. He said, "I'm trust me, baby. I got a good name for it. I'm telling you, it was the best club in Atlanta. You know about Club Nikki?
1: Club Nikki. Hey, hey, hey but Erica, tell everybody your dad's name.
0: Mike Childs.
1: Mike Childs. My guy right there. That's, that's a, a good friend, friend of mine.
2: Oh, that's a that's friend, one, friend of yours? One oh, cool yeah. guy. No, that's, that's a great friend of mine. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Now you see why you're out, why you out of here,
1: Erica. Now you see why I gave you the info to come on this show right here. You know, that's you right. I'm, I'm here. In. There you
4: I'm go. I'm now. All
2: right.
4: Absolutely.
2: So, hey, so let me. So let me go back to that question. Like I was saying, like, it's 85, 86, and just you know, y'all trying to be focused. Yeah. As far as being like, you, this is a whole new world for you. A lot of never had no rap stars and nothing, nothing yep. like that. So. What kept y'all focused during this time? Like I said, you had gangs going on. Crack had just hit the streets. I mean, it was crazy during the 80s. So yep. y'all y'all was at the beginning of this. So what kept you focused? Yeah, well, well, I'm going to make it brief. What kept me focused is
4: uh, I was seeing the response that the record had when it come on in the club. The DJ say, watch this, watch this. And I'm looking at DJ like, what are you getting right through? He said, watch how they act when your record come on. As soon as it come on, um, oh. um, I, um, um, I, um. I'm looking at the, the crowd going crazy, the float pack, the speakers booming. I'm like, damn, that's my record. I'm 18, 19 years old in the club. That's my record. So that happened everywhere I was going, and I started getting concert calls for uh, skating rinks and, and little side cities like Griffin and Monroe, Georgia, all them small towns like that. So I'm like, oh, we got our own scene. And then people, once our record got like two or three months old, they start asking when you coming out with something else. Then we say, okay, then we dropped Eliminator. Then we start I started getting a feeling that you got to keep the records coming. You know, once one get ready to die down, you got to keep another one coming. And it got fun for us, man. You know, we weren't even making it about money at the time. We was making it because the crowd was loving it. We getting in the clubs free. They paying me a thousand dollars to rap for ten minutes. I'm like, wow, I love this, man. You know, this is what I want to be in, and, and I ain't turned my head back yet.
2: Okay, so around this, t- this same time, I think all of us in high school, we riding around, everybody getting bump in their car. You know, this is when everybody gets speakers in their <laughs> ride. You know, you, you know how you know how it was going back in back then. You know, you had to have a bump in the in the trunk. You know what I mean? Yep. right. So but everybody was going to buy this DJ tape and he had this echo voice on it and he was go, and, and everybody loved this guy. Like everybody would ride by you with him, but only people that lived on one side of town would get these tapes. And this guy was Elwood <laughs> L- L- J. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's right. It's me, the K to the I-N-G. King Edward J, I say, rockin' Atlanta, G-A, making the cater sound much greater. Step away, you hater.
2: Listen. <laughs> you still got it. Like Jay, like I always say, you one of a kind, man. Like, you know, when you came in the game, just tell them how you came into this thing.
3: Okay, well, first of all, um, I just want to uh, thank the ATL for how they embraced me, how they embraced a new sound that they weren't used to, how their minds and hearts were open to something creative, because that's what I wanted to do. But I came here uh, straight out, uh, out of college. I had graduated from the University of Florida, heading up to New York to, um, to uh, work at an advertising agency. I graduated in advertising, realized that Atlanta was a land of opportunity for black people. That's what we heard. I had been coming up here every year to jazz festivals. At any rate, um, I had 30 days to go up there. Car broke down. And I say, this Atlanta uh, opportunity uh, here, college degrees were a dime a dozen. Uh, I was offered, um, job at Atlanta Journal Constitution, which paid just slightly above minimum wage. I wouldn't take that. But I worked for for about four years. On the weekends, I managed to get part time job um, working at Mr. B's with Casual Cal, Iceberg Slim, just every now and then. Uh, Knowing people there, I started throwing parties. to make more money throwing the parties than I was managing their drugs. I visited a friend over in East Hampton a lot and there was a vacant building there. Uh, when I would go out to buy records, a lot of time I could not find the records that I wanted. And um, I would, when I would go, uh, sometime I was getting them sent to me from New York. So this building was vacant. And um, say, I said I ought open up me a record store. And um, I have been managing their Echo drugs for about four years. So if I could manage their money, I could manage my business. Open up this okay. little record store. And first I was just making personalized tapes. Um, anybody who had a, a small business know that you paid uh, just almost as much for the record that you sold it for. You didn't make very much profit off, off of the albums. So uh, I started making mixtapes. Getting, uh, first they were just personalized. Um, I would get a uh, uh, 90 minute mixtape personalized. was 25 no jive. <laughs> but if you bought one already made up, uh, it was a nifty 1350.
0: <laughs> it was only
3: 10, my friend,
0: <laughs> but
3: yes. But we would, we would uh, uh, with the uh, personalized mixtape, people would, they wanted me to talk on their tape. So uh, I began to talk on the ones that weren't personalized. Even when I was in Florida, I used to, my, my uh, one of my roommates was a DJ at the local club there. And I used to give him breaks. People began to want me more than they wanted him because I made a little rhyme along. As I was making, uh, mixing the records. At any rate, when I got up here, opened the record store, started selling the tapes, that began to be my cash cow. Um, uh, But my idea was to make something different, always something different, always something created. I know MC Shadi, Raheem talked about there was, uh, you know, not no platform for local DJs, I made King Edward J a platform for all of these local DJs. If you had a record, a rap record worth anything, uh, i pumped Atlanta music. And we know that New York had a style, West Cope had a style. You talk about the different styles, but slowly our mixtapes was creating a style of their own. We wrote, with, first time I heard of 808, um, drum machine, I knew that had to be included on our mixtapes. tapes. So we began to hear other records. Now record labels started making more records and more records with a bass drive on it. We um always did something innovative. I remember when Shadi first came to my record shop, um, pull out a Piece of cardboard out of his trunk.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Started breakdancing in my
0: pocket. <laughs> um, that
3: was the beginning of something. I was yeah. in there sometime I would be mixing and let Shadi come on the on the turntables. He, you know, he was cutting. Uh,
5: yeah.
3: Mixing and he was cutting. And um, you know, a lot of our uh best work never made it to our mix tapes because the j shop or king edward j takes became a hangout for all of the local djs some of them would send us uh, tapes to audition to become part of a team but i just saw something i knew atlanta had an appetite for hip-hop music that they weren't being served up they talk about um you know those two hours on friday that they would have music, but they weren't catering to Atlanta artists. That's why J-Team, our music was their radio station. That's right. Uh, yeah, If, if you, you couldn't get a J-Team tape without Atlanta rappers on there as well. And uh, because of our camaraderie and, and, and DJs hanging out at the J-Shop, the, the sound uh, began to change began to change, we, the echo box. I never right. it would make a difference between me using the echo box and, and then people requesting to hear this echo box, which to me was no big deal, but it became a signature. Um, you hear records now with a, with a fast beat, with a slow music drive, J-Team,
2: that was Pillow right. Base. That, that was Pillow many, bass, many years Rock. ago. We started that, didn't think nothing of it. We yeah, had... That was Kizzy Rocket Smurf. Right. Yeah, that was Kizzy Rocket Smurf, Pillow Base, and Bedroom Some I forget those tapes that they made.
5: Yes. Magic, yes.
2: Mark. Magic Mark. Uh, Magic Mark, the party spark. Oh, you, you know, but it, the thing was
3: uh, that we had a team that had different styles. And they kind of competed with one another to come out with something new. And all of that was a drive. Man, you know, Shadia tell you when he come by there, Tupa come by there and we just have a good time. Nobody getting paid. That's right. (laughs) We just having having fun making music and doing something different. Like I say, some of our greatest sessions never made it to our tapes. And, and we would say, oh man, I wish we would have read yep. that. Yes. Right. But I never forget, I was um, driving near Five Points when um, we knew how Atlanta had been shut out, had shut out all of the local rap music. They would play, play rap. They had began to play it from up north, some from up west coast, but they wouldn't play it. And, and then of course, when we hit Shadi, and then we heard Raheem. but when I heard, Success in effect. The record came out in the middle of the day. It was in the middle of the day. I'm driving by Five Points, roll it up, man. You know, and you're hearing that boom in it. Oh man, I saw people as I drove by and uh, I was stopped right in front of uh, Five Points and people just went crazy. And I knew we kinda had something. Um,
2: Oh yeah, at that point we did have something. So. So at that point, like just going back now, Shadi, you, you was, um, you was fortunate enough after being signed to Forsyth, you had a chance at that point, Luke Skywalker had built this amazing empire down in Florida and you was able to go and sign the Luke. And then I know you, you went through some, a few things. Just tell us a little bit about that whole situation you had going on with Luke during this same time and is going through this whole transformation.
0: Yeah. Y'all can hear me? Y'all can see me. I think he no, logged out. See okay. Um I believe it or not, man. Some kind of way my computer uh had cut the whole meeting off. I heard Edward J, but um, I didn't hear the question what you said, X.
5: What was I the said, question you asked?
0: I said
5: they, they, they can't hear you on uh IG either. I don't know what's going on with the sound. I just want to tell you that. So when whenever X asks y'all a question, can y'all repeat the question for the viewers?
0: Okay. All right. I didn't. I didn't hear the question. What X had asked me. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Shot? I can hear you clear. Okay. Yeah. Um.
2: Well, what I was asking them was, in um, around that time, you was you was fortunate enough to be signed to Luke. And during that time, Luke had built this empire with Two Live Crew and all that. And you was fortunate enough to be signing him when they was kind of like at their peak. Just tell us about that experience. And I know you went through some things.
5: You freezing up, X? You froze
2: up. On me. Can you can
3: you see me? Can you see, see me see you, now? You
2: froze ben. up. Your voice froze. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. I heard you said uh, about
0: me being with Luke and uh. Yeah, yeah. Just
2: and, just give us that. Just just tell us about that whole situation.
0: Repeat. Uh, I mean, okay. Well, basically my experience with being with Luke was uh, a beautiful thing, you know, because when I got away from Foresight and I went with Luke, uh, it's so crazy. I I could tell y'all a story and I got to tell y'all this story because people still don't believe me. Basically, I called Luke up. I said, yo, Luke, my contract is over with Foresight. Uh, You want to do some business? The man shot me a plane ticket the next day, and me and Cool Collie flew down. DJ Man was nowhere to be found, so me and Collie flew down to Miami, and we went uh, and made uh, Gotta Be Tough. And the story that I wanted to tell is funny because, like I said, I couldn't find DJ Man at the time, so I was the one doing the scratches on Gotta Be Tough, and We Don't Play. Excuse right. me, y'all. <clears throat> and um, that really didn't matter because I love DJ Man so much. I was I was telling Kali, man, Kali's like, don't say his name in the record. I said, nah, man, because I know we're going to hook back up. So that's why you hear me say, DJ Man, you know, DJ Man all through the record and at the end, my throat is sore. Tell me what you think of that. You know what I'm saying? Because I know Man, and I really hate that Man wasn't on that record because the type of DJ I was, DJ Man was 30 times better than me. You know what I'm right. saying? So it gotta be tough. It would have even been better than it was and it was. It turned out to be a classic, but if I would have had Man on there, it'd have been a, a super classic. Y'all know what I'm saying? Because Man right. was the man. My so, right
3: hand.
0: Yeah, so I just had to tell that story, you know what I'm saying? But, the expe- excuse me y'all, the experience with Luke was a beautiful thing, man, because Luke was out there, they was grinding. When I say they was grinding, man, um, they was running Luke records, Luke Skywalker records at the time, right out of Pack Jam. Mr. Mix and Fresh Kid Ice, believe it or not, was doing all the packaging up with the, uh, the songs the 12 inches to be mailed out. I mean, you walk in Pack Jam, man, they might have, no joke, 5,000 packages ready to ship out of the two live crew stuff and my stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I give it a couple of months, man, when it finally got the DJs, man, Next thing, you know, man, we hitting the road, I mean, nonstop, man. We I I mean, it got so bad, me and man couldn't come back to Atlanta for a while. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we was doing so many shows, man. So the whole experience with Luke, man, was just a beautiful thing, man, because like I said, this man took nothing and made it out of something. You know what I'm saying? And he did right. all that independently, man, and So, I mean, man, I mean, 30 years later, man, I got to take off my hat to Luke, man, because like I say, man, he really, he really fought for us to get out there independently. And believe it or not, man, the majors did step to him and he turned it down. You know, a couple of major labels stepped to him and I kind of hated that because us as artists, we could have been bigger than, you know what I'm saying, just... Right. Kind of Southeast region artists, like they were saying, you know what I'm saying. But we really wasn't Southeast region artists because we was all in Texas, all on the West Coast.
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean, like, like during that during that time, like Luke had major distribution, so he was everywhere. So I mean, it, it seemed like it was it was it was in the Southeast because mainly I think most of the distribution was in the Southeast. But he was everywhere. Like like most of the artists that was on his label were major artists.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cause, like I say, man, they was calling for us to come do shows in Japan, Germany. You know, I went over to Mexico, did shows. I went to the Bahamas. I went to Jamaica. You know, uh, I went to Canada. I took Smurf. Smurf was fifteen years old, and I took him to Canada with me to do a couple of shows. Right. So, <laughs>
2: so, so, the other, so the other side of that is, and and uh, I'm gonna go. I want to come back to somebody that both of you and um. um uh, Rabbi, you and um, Jay him. mentioned was was casual was casual cow. Like I, I heard both of y'all mention his name. How important was he to the Atlanta music scene back then? Before he started doing the Universal Soul Service. Well, he
3: was real important, uh, particularly to those people. Uh, when you went to Mr. V's, you had on cosmopolitan attire. But- <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, what is what is what is cosmopolitan attire? <laughs> of like you used to see King Edward J all the time.
5: That's right. <laughs>
3: but but yes, you 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 know you, you didn't go in there with the baseball caps and all of that. You had to have on the jacket and you know that that type of. So he had a different type of of of, of audience. Um, and um, for me. When I threw, I got a lot of reputation from there, but the parties I threw, uh, some of those same parties, people who came to Mr. V's though, when they came to my parties, they were different people. They were right. different people and they had, they had a different drive and, and, and wanted to party and wanted to not act so sophisticated. I'll put it like that. I yield the flow. I'll um,
1: <laughs> speak right.
3: on that. but.
1: was yo, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah. All right, check it out with me and Mr. Uh, Casual Cal. I had a cousin, bless his soul. He's up in heaven now. His name was the Master Plaster, Jasper Thompson. I used to come down here and visit. And Mr. V's was like Studio 54 in New York. It was the place to be. And I used to to get up there with Cal and I said, yo, one day I'm going to move down here and we're going to get busy. Like I said, in 78, when I came down, I started out real slow, but uh, Casu Cal was the man at Mr. B's, okay? And um, right. like I said, we had this high school tour going around. I can mention some DJs like Jonathan King. That's I don't right. know if he's on here now, Jonathan King. He went to Easter Lamb. And when I seen this right. brother, he was like, what? How old was he,
0: Shadi? About what? 16? Well, he was a little older than me. He might've been about 17. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> when I
0: seen him cutting and scratching,
1: <laughs> I said, hey, what city are you from? He said, I'm from Atlanta. I said, man, I said, Cal, we gotta bring this young man on a tour. That's the thing about with me and Cal, I, Cal was in the forefront. We all worked for Cedric Walker. His name was Ricky Walker. He, right. the, one, he the one brought the Fresh Fest down.
2: In other words, you heard what Raheem said when I met him. See so Raheem. Kinda, so, 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 so like a lot, like we, we, we throwing out a lot of names, but a lot of people don't, don't know what the Fresh Fest was, what the Fresh Fest is, and they don't really know who R- Ricky Walker is. So kind of stay to your story, but kind of explain who, who who Ricky Walker and the Fresh Fest is. Well, Ricky Walker, he's, he's the one that uh, brought
1: the Fresh Fest. That was the first hip hop concert in the whole nation down, we're really in the South. I mean, he brought it here first, and you told me you had Run DMC, you had Houdini,
2: you had... uh, I was there though, so just keep naming them. I was there though. You was there, right? (laughs) I was there, it was crazy. It was like like having all, it was like Lollapalooza for hip hop back then, you know what I'm saying? But it was all all hip hop. So if you were not in hip hop, if you was hot of hip hop, you was on the French Fest. That's Thank right. You. And see, that's why I give props to Raheem. See,
1: I was the one putting the putting the commercials on the radio. Putting back in the day, they had telephone poles, and each corner had four telephone poles. I get my van. Uh, Isn't that right, Raheem? It had about a thousand posters, and we would go around and plaster this whole city. I mean, what made me feel good? was the crowd i mean it was a packed
2: house you follow me oh yeah it and was if i'm not mistaken they had, they had the fresh fans at the omni right it was the yep. old army
0: mm-hmm. it was the old which,
2: which is now which is now the uh state farm arena right right inside uh, right and see with the with the
1: universal soul circus i know a lot of see cedric walker ricky walker he was in the background he didn't want to <laughs> show his face or nothing I mean you know but this man right here we was at the round table we was talking about certain things and I said hey we need to have a black circus and first they looked at me like I was crazy I said no 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 we need to follow around the brothers and everybody know the brothers they don't even have a circus no more and I said we don't need to go to arenas we need to take it and have a tent and then from there it's history Uh, The Universal Soul Circus has been going on for 35 years and it's still strong. Casual was the uh, ringmaster, you know, but I can go on and on and on. My thing is in Atlanta, I used to like Shadi, I don't think Raheem went to me on the other side of the fence. I used to take a lot of kids from the neighborhood and show them the other side of the fence. When I say the other side of the fence, that was that Jewish neighborhood. I just wanted to show them what time it was you can do the same thing that they're doing. And Shadi, no, they used yep. to love this guy. They used to love this guy, you know? I mean, he was a break dancer. But one time I had I had two shows going on. I said, Shadi, take my spot. I'll be back. When I came back, I couldn't believe I had all these little Jewish kids doing their thing. And I said, oh, man. And, you know, it, it's like that. I, in other words, I can say uh, my... Making my money was the pleasure of trying to keep kids out of trouble. That was the whole thing with me. Just keeping the young kids. That's why I did the Art of Breakdance. It was on every,
2: I forgot what day it was on. Your mic and Raheem, your mic can help me out. It came on It came on like a crazy day of the week. And I was telling you when I talked to you, I say the crazy thing about that, that was my first time ever seeing Raheem and Tom on TV. During that time, you only seen rap on TV unless it was coming out of New York or somewhere else, mm-hmm. but it wasn't coming out of Atlanta. That was the first time any type of rap was on TV. And I always, I, I, and I told you, that was my fondest memory. That's why, that's why I always, every time I see two I go, man, first time I ever seen you, I seen you on cable TV in Decatur, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: that's what yeah. it was. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it was
1: something that I, when we did it, that's when I found out how powerful TV was. OK, we had a we had a part one, a part two We had the Georgia Jammers. We had the USA Breakers. And I know, Shadi, you had your little break group. I know you had a female, but the USA Breakers, boy, they were they were nasty. When I say yeah. nasty, they were fresh. Mm-hmm. They had this female named Tasha. Oh, it was it was. And then we did a movie. I don't you know, mm-hmm. we did a little movie, but I can't remember if it was Sharon's showcase. I just can't remember where we did, but we did a little movie all around Atlanta. And that cable show, the auto break dancing, that blew up. That's why I want to thank the Shadi and Raheem. I told him, I said, I can't pay y'all, but you if y'all help me out, this is going to help y'all out. And look, everything's history.
2: And I want to know who's that okay. DJ Funky? Um, who's that? The old man putting his glasses that's on. That's, that's that's my business partner, DJ Funky. That's who helped put, That's who helped me put this together. Mm-hmm. We're well, right on, DJ Funky. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, right.
3: I, I I don't know how much time we're gonna have, but I don't want to live without getting shout out to some of the people on my team. I I just got yeah. To shout no, we got out to we DJ got enough
2: time. I'm about, to, I'm, about to, I'm about to come right back to you, Jay. I got okay. you. Okay, okay. So, so lead so so this leads me into my next question, um, Jay, <laughs> um when You talk about the J team and you talk about like how you how you assembled all the DJs, right? Right, um, you had a lot of people, and everybody I'm about, I'm about to name went on to do something great in the music business. You had Smurf, who later on became Mr. Khalid Paul, you had MC Shadi, you had Kizzy Rock, um, you had Player Poncho, um, and they were responsible J-C. for a uh, lot. Uh, who else, JC. Yeah, oh, my, oh, can't forget uh, the, 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 the world famous DMC um, yeah. DJ, uh, DJ JC, one of the that's best DJs I think out there, period. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, uh, yes, he, he, he was
3: my, my hip hop edition, my New York edition. <laughs> we we had to have that flavor as well. We weren't just one sided. I know you, you hear the, 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 the club music, the girls dropping, but we had all kinds of flavor, like the pillar bass, The slow jams and all of that, but we had that hip hop flavor, that New York flavor as well. And J.C. brought it to the team. Yes, Um, you know, I I just I I thank you for uh, allowing me to introduce those people because they were so important to this music game here. And um, you know, I'm not throwing um, those artists that materialized in the 1990s under the bus. They did their thing. The road were paid ones oh. in the 80s. The ones in the 80s, they broke the ground, they hit the ground running, and they didn't have all of this, you know. You but in the 1990s, you had other FM stations came in with open minds and ready to uh, give credence to hip hop, but they didn't have that in the 80s like i said and 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 those who who stuck to the game and 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 struggled they made way for the nineties the only reason those other uh radio stations came here because there was an appetite for hip-hop in atlanta and it wasn't being capitalized on with what with the stations that were already here and um with vision saw that and atlanta began to explode of course um when the other radio stations came um it kind of took away some of the j-team radio station flavor (laughs) because
5: we were
3: were at a hip-hop radio station for a long time but praise god but it also opened the doors for for the artists man and with me the the j-team was just a springboard and it was a way to show these young cats that you can be more than just a dj the stuff we did we remixed oh, the things. It was better than some of the recording artists and that's what made a lot of the younger DJs want to be a DJ and know that you can go from, you don't have to just spend records in the club, but you can actually make a record and there's support for you. There's love for you. People didn't realize the power that ATL had. It went untapped for so many years.
5: What about Lady DJ and Player Poncho?
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> the lady never shaded Lady DJ. I say, that's my sister, mister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shouts out also to Player Poncho, the, the A Town players, you know, all, all of those guys, you know, that, that came on the scene and and, and worked hard and, and, you know, who, who, uh, didn't get the props that they should have got at the at the time, and um, but they they kept the ground on. And uh, I even what's what was the girl name that made kicking butts? I I forget her name.
2: Oh, that was Easy T. That was Easy T. Her and uh, Sergio Cromo on Keller Road.
3: Yes, I see. See, I wanted to bring them up. I had it wrote down. I you know I left that paper because I wanted. Yeah, that that that
2: was they had they, they had the studio they had the studio right there in the apartment
3: right 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 but those people they they set the ground for for all others who came after them and it's not just the 90s it's it's those one in the 80s who who really uh, set the platform and i just thank god that the j team was able to be a part i got nothing but love for atlanta and the love that they showed us and um. I'm so proud of, of, of the marks that people who came through the J team have made on uh the national scene. Shout out
5: okay. to Dirty Guy, man. Gaga, guy, guy, man, long Little guy guy. He's imitate
3: yeah. you. But oh man. One of, my, one of our biggest supporters. You you hear Guy anytime he popping up King Edward J and the J team, you know. A lot of you, what people don't know a lot of the people in the street is what's made us because they, they they just spread the word and uh you know uh i know guys i know guys who couldn't be on a date with a girl without a girl asking them to pop in a uh a, a, a j-team tape and if you didn't have a pillar base or uh, you know uh one of the j-team slow jam you
5: wasn't hitting on nothing you yeah Rap if you put it in that pillow base, all right. <laughs> A bare man, Kizzy, boom. Kizzy Rock yeah. used to brag, Kizzy Rock used to brag about you all the time, man. Then I brought you, I brought Kizzy Rock to X.
3: Yeah, the yeah, man. Was- Kizzy Rock. Yes, man. I, I and he's still hanging in, still making noise in the city, man. And it's it's amazing how many so many have stayed. Even DJ Smooth with the City Boys all of them came through you know right mm-hmm. so
2: so 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 let me go back to raheem and uh shadie so now y'all the first y'all the first mcs y'all the first real rappers to come out the city y'all starting to get some light and so now you you've inspired a whole generation of atlanta people young cats that want to be just like you they want to be the new new they want to be the new raheem the new Shadi. So now now we're talking about the 90s. Now you got LaFace moved here. You got Def got a label. You know, uh, Dallas is doing his thing. And then at the same time, y'all are. Froze. But it's all basic music at that time. You know what I'm saying? So how did y'all feel once that major, that major power came in the city? How did y'all stay relevant even when you know you was outbanked and and outnumbered? You get what I'm saying?
1: Repeat the question. They, hit, era. They,
5: they
2: can't hear
1: me. No, you froze.
2: Again?
1: Yeah, that's okay. New <laughs> technology.
3: New how, tech- did you bec- how did you remain relevant even after those with Big Bank came in in the 90s? How did you stay relevant against those
2: Big Bank big pockets? Did right you- here? Hold on, I got to take him off mute. Yeah. Oh, okay.
4: All right. Okay, yeah. Uh, the way I stayed, man, I just continued to hit the groundwork that I always been successful with. I said, <clears throat> they got radios and they got all this big money, but I'm gonna still go to these 20 nightclubs and these 41 strip clubs and these post-pages <laughs> <paid me. laughs> I'm gonna keep going to the people direct. I said, and, and, and you know, we just had to do it harder. I had a schedule, you know, I said, Monday, we hit Magic City, Tuesday we hit this club. You know, I had my schedule down and I had my trunk full of records. I said, I know they got a lot of <laughs> money, they got videos, but ain't nothing like going in person and knowing the DJs and knowing the club owners. So they gave us a platform that we can compete with, man. And 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 the way we was making our money was, was a trip because I knew that the major labels, they was financing that money, but the artist wasn't getting paid. So I said, you know what? These records costing me 40 and 50 and 60 cents to press up. Okay. And they, we sell them at wholesale at five and $6. So I'm selling 50,000 records. What you think I'm making? So I'm making better than the artist that you seeing on MTV and BET, you know and, and they come in with their limousine, you know the, the record label Warner Brothers Atlantic they got to make them look good. But I already know how the pockets look you know, so I pull up in, 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 in those spots, man, and I made my money and I shook their hands. And when it was time for them to come in, I stepped to the side, let them do they, let them get they sign on because I already knew what time it was. You know, we just kept it grinding, man. Okay, Shadi?
0: Well, basically, you know, I mean, I was just getting out of prison. So, you know, I was just trying to get used back to the streets, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, and then, it's so crazy how I got back in the game when <laughs> the facing them was here because basically um I told myself I wasn't going to get back in the rap game, you know what I'm saying? But before I went to prison, I made a promise to Smurf because before I went to prison, I gave Smurf I taught Smurf how to work the SP1200 and I left it with him while I went away. So I told Smurf I said, "Yo, when I get back, we gonna pick up where I left off at and where we left off at, you know what I'm saying? Because like I say, it's so funny, Edward J, because when I went to Canada to do them shows, I had shows in Canada and New York, Buffalo, New York, upstate New York. They was right, you know, you could walk into Canada. I asked Lady DJ to go with me first and Lady (laughs) DJ said, no way, no how. You know what I'm saying? Lady (laughs) DJ said, nah, I can't do it. I'm not going out in front of them people. You know what I'm saying? So Lady DJ was the one that suggested Smurf. So mm-hmm. Smurf need to really thank Lady DJ because Lady wow. DJ was the one that thanked Smurf because I asked her to go with me. I didn't even know Smurf. You know I mean? I knew mm-hmm. about him on the little mid-CDs and stuff. Right. But, you know, I didn't know him personally. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I knew mm-hmm. Lady DJ because I said, yo, Lady DJ, I need you to be my DJ. So she was like, no bet. So to make a long story short. She turned me on to Smurf, so that's how Smurf ended up going with me to Canada. Mm-hmm. So wow! To yeah, so back to what I'm saying, like I say, so I knew I wanted to get back in the music business when I got out of prison, but I didn't know how. So basically, just the way God worked, a guy came to me, a guy I don't know, Rabbi, you might know him. He was part of USA Breakers, named Little Walt. Do you know yes. Little Walt? Yeah, little walk came to me. He said, Yo, Shy, itchy barn want to give me a record deal, but I ain't, I need a beat. You know, what I mean, they want to give me a deal, but um, I don't have a beat. So, to make a long story short, I produced, I did a, I jumped on the SP, made him a little fast, up tempo beat back then. He took it to itchy barn. Let me tell y'all a funny story. It ain't funny, but it's funny. <laughs> itchy was like, Yo, who did the beat? He was like, Uh, Shy D. Y'all remember the old school rapper Shy D. They said, okay, well, we don't we ain't gonna give you the deal. We want to give Shadi D the deal. We want to give him the deal because like the beat. So they dissed him, then give him the deal, and they called me up and gave me a deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I That's mean how it goes. Yeah, you know, and it was sad, but it was funny at the same time. So I told Smurf, yo, we back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's when Smurf produced, Smurf produced the comeback album for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, Smurf produced that whole album for me. So I told Smurf, I said, yo, man, I'm getting up then age, man. I'm tired of this rapping stuff. Once you start rapping, it let me be your manager. Mm-hmm. Smurf was like, cool. So Smurf, he he whipped up a little crew. He got a sister. Um, He got a gangster trick and we became PMXI. So I went to Itchy Bar and I said, yo. Y'all give Smurf a deal. So they gave Smurf a deal. You know what I'm saying? We got we got some money and everything out of that deal. So basically, that's how Smurf was able to start making rap records. I got him his deal and became his manager. So to, to make a long story short with what you were saying about us hanging in the game, X, like I said, they had LaFace that came to Atlanta. But yo, Barn was a strong power company too. So yep, right. to make a long oh, story yeah. short, I was with Ichibon.
2: And I, I was about to get to that too. Um Cause like, now during this time, you know, now that LaFace and all these big labels are here, they don't really get no records going on the radio until about 95, 95, 96. Like really what Atlanta really just take off and go nationwide. But before that, it was kind of like, between Atlanta artists, it was really like a big battle. You had Raheem, you had Shadi, Kizzy Rock, mm-hmm. Smurf, Splat Pack, you had all these bass groups out of Atlanta. And that's kind of like how Lil John got, you know, they and, and Jermaine made the So So Def Bass All-Stars. That's how mm-hmm. that came about because it was just onslaught of everybody making bass records during this time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. during that time, I know like Raheem, you had a lot of big records. You had like the most beautiful girl. You had, I mean, you just had like hit after hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. Then the hip hop radio station hit. And then like, you just like, you was like one of the most requested records on the station before. Even when outcasts and these cats had big records. Tell us about how that, how that, how that, how that was all going down during that time.
4: Man, you're gonna love it. Uh right before I say that, let me uh flash back something for Shadi. Yo, 19, 1993.
5: Oh
4: yeah. Man. Uh, <laughs> I said, you know what, I'm getting ready to do this record. My boy sure, Shadi. Sure. Yep. Shadi's <laughs> just getting out. He's just getting out the joint. Yep. And I said. I said It'll only be right that Rahina Dream and MC Shadi do a record together. And Freaknik was crazy. Phenomenon. So we came up with Short Shorts winning studio. And that record is history right now, man. Still get played everywhere. And and that's just, I just wanted to take you back there before uh, Smurf had blew up. Me and Shadi went in the studio. And did that's track, right. You know, and, and now we're speeding on up. All right, here we go.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Now... The club scene, you, you was talking about the radio. What happened was Kiss 104 came in with Mitch Falkman. Mitch Falkman <laughs> was program director. Me and King J went to the radio station with our 12 inches. He went in the station. He said, I'm gonna go meet with this radio since V103 still hadn't put us on rotation. We still just getting heavy uh Friday night fresh fest. He went in the station about five o'clock, came out. And uh, I said in the car and he said, I said everything went out." Right? He said, yeah. He said, you gonna take a listen to the record and give me a call. So I said, all right, cool. Sound like the other radio station, but it was all good. So we sitting in the parking lot and then Ms. Fartner come on the air and he said, this gentleman just came in the station, young brother on his own record label, Arvis record. He gave me a record. Guy named Right Hand Dream, and I'm from to play it for you, Atlanta, and y'all tell me what y'all think. Now we talking about five o'clock, five ten. Traffic is everywhere in Atlanta, and and he played my record. Only thing we could do was run to the payphone, put all our quarters in, and we have yeah. cell phone. <laughs> so we called everybody, turn the radio on, turn the radio. They got me on at five o'clock. Can you believe this? Then it came on at nine o'clock. Then it came on a 12. We kept the radio station on. He called Jobs the next morning. He said, are you ready for this? He said, yeah. He said, I'm getting ready to add your song on rotation. So you better start pressing up, go get a loan or get something. But I'm going to put it on <laughs> times a week. That's heavy rotation. I think I was probably the first rap artist out of Atlanta to get radio station rotation like that. It was incredible, man. I couldn't believe it. We getting called. We pressing up more 12 inches than you can throw a stick at, man. You know, I mean, we really got it on. That was our begin, And that was
2: August 1986 when he came in putting me on heavy rotation. Oh, yeah. Now, that was big, especially for 86, because yeah. you was competing against a lot of big rappers back then in 86. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like A, a yep. lot of your major legends and rap stars came out of 85, 86, 87. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Shadi, so what, what, what was, how you know, back then, now getting your record played on V103 was major.
0: How was it for you? I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, Atlanta wasn't really showing me that love. I can't even front, Oh, man. oh, Shadi, oh man. You can't, Shadi, you can't say that. We, Shadi, we was we yes, in love were. with you, bro. <laughs> Edward J, no joke, man. Edward J Radio was showing me more love than V103 or whoever was out at the time. No joke, man. I got more love from Edward J than, than real radio. Raheem was the man. Tell him, yeah. bro. Yep. It was yeah, so radio. <laughs> you know and then another thing x you know i wasn't in t- atlanta much during them times because i was on the road yep. so i really don't know what they was they playing, playing? Like, you yep. know what i'm saying i was on the road and then basically i was living in miami but yeah it just felt like my luck was bad because every time i come to town I'm hearing Raheem the deep. <laughs> <laughs> you know? For real. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then um, um, <laughs> you, the shy D thing just wasn't happening for me in Atlanta. I got to be honest. Like I say, Edward J. kept me alive in Atlanta. Yeah, but
1: that's funny. That's funny, uh, Sha, You would, would say uh, Atlanta wasn't bumping for you. You don't remember, but he. Uh, Jermaine Dupri, you wrote a rap from. You say you don't remember that, but one thing about it, Atlanta showed you love when Jermaine Dupri and Luda came out, Welcome to Atlanta. Oh, dang. And in and, and that Welcome to Atlanta, you Whoa. always said, you're riding around the street, bumping oh, to the Shadi. side of MC Shadi. That good. every time I hear it, I just yep. like, Hey man, it brings me chill. Alana showed you love, but like you wasn't here as much as Raheem was. But okay. they showed you love. My biggest yep. hit with you was shake.
0: Okay, I, told you,
1: I went to the movie theater. I saw this <laughs> movie called Downtown. And <laughs> it was the theme song. And you didn't even know you had a song. That's what that's where the dollars came in at. That's yeah. where the jerking came, in
0: at. The the know, came in at. If I didn't know they went to I somebody else you. to get that record cleared, that's where the jerking came in at. But check it out. Hold on, he, hold on. Give me two seconds, y'all. I gotta let my cat out. That's Let's that cat,
1: ahead. buddy. That How about, hold a on. tiger. He ain't the tiger king, but he got a tiger in his crib. <laughs> <laughs> but check it out. Hey, uh, X, check it out. A uh, king, Raheem. I was at yeah. a movie theater, Southwest Cab Mall. And I'm looking at this movie called Downtown. I believe that's the name of the movie, Downtown. Mm-hmm. I kept being yeah. in this, shake it, shake, 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 shake it. I kept saying damn it, that's Shadi? Uh-huh. So at the, I, this would what make me, from that movie, uh, I said I gotta wait to see the credits. Yeah. And I waited, and when I seen MC Shadi, I said, holy crap! I don't know where Shadi, are you back? I'm back. Hey, was you in or out when I gave you that call? Uh, Which one? The Shake It, when I saw it on that movie called Downtown. Was you in or did you get out? Um,
0: uh, in in town? No, when you was in the joint. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, don't even, know. I don't even know what what year that record. I mean, that movie came out. It was in the nineties. I probably was in. You was in. <laughs> well,
1: I I gave you a call. to shy, get a good lawyer because you get ready to get rich, <clears> and you <throat> didn't know nothing about it. And that's 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 history right there too.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like I say, that's. Like I say, that, that must have been when the jerking was going on, because like I say, nobody could put your music out without getting in touch with you and clearing it. But yep. probably at that time, they went to Luke to clear it, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't know nothing about it, you know, because, I mean, it was late on that I found out I was in a movie, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so that's crazy. And that's what I like about, yeah, Jack the Rapper, he
1: coming
2: every year, you know? Yeah. Jack yeah, the, so, so, yeah, you know, so let's talk about that like that was that was a major staple in atlanta like you know i think after jack the rapper left atlanta kind of took a hit as far as like especially like with conferences and black conferences and things like that like how important was it to be involved in jack the rapper during that time especially being a rapper from atlanta well i tell you i don't know if y'all can see my back wall
1: but that's how i met a lot of artists i mean i mean i used to I forgot what it was. I I, I want to say $100. Back then, $100. It wasn't nothing to me, but a lot of people thought that was expensive. But that's when I got the, uh, like, Run DMC, all right? Not even Run DMC. Raheem, he remembers this at the Fox Stadium. I introduced him to uh, James Todd Smith, LL Cool J. Yeah. All right? I mean, I go back. I mean, I had a name in New York, but I felt when I came down here, I didn't see nothing. And that's when... That's when I say, "Hey, Atlanta got some, some, some juice going on," you know. And one thing about you mentioned about v one hundred and three. See, Scotty Andrews was the program director. He wasn't with that hip hop. He wasn't nah. with. it. That's why right. I took a minute for. Uh, uh, it, I want to say it wasn't Scotty. It was Mike. Now it was Ray Boyd.
4: Ray Boyd. Yeah, Ray, Ray Boyd was Board. program director. Mike Roberts was the. Uh, MD, I mean, yeah, the MD, it and the it's going to the, the morning, morning. show. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. The great boy was from up the way. He's like, yo, feeling that
2: south stuff. But but, but even <laughs> but even the great but, but even the, the great the great thing about that was and me.
0: Hold on. You alright? So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to
3: pray for him, y'all. Let
0: me
2: pray for
5: him.
2: <laughs> 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 Stay with us. But, Stay with Eddie, but going back, but but going back but going back to that time, because I remember like during that time, you had AM and FM radio. So yep. it was even important to even be just you. You could be just as big on AM radio as you was on FM radio. Even though V one hundred three didn't play you, you was getting played on AOK and V one hundred three. AM and people wouldn't believe that a lot of people was listening to AM AM radio even in the eighties and even, right. even in the late.
1: It's WIGO we go. Yep. That was right. it.
2: That yep. was the that
1: I think. Um, I forgot the uh, MC's name, the DJ's name. He left Wigo. He went up to New York on WBLS. I forget his name. But uh, WIGO was the AM station in the South. Yeah.
2: Right.
4: They it's had those, those like, role like,
2: shows. Those like, role shows. And like now when they do, like now when the clubs do the live broadcast, which everybody thinks is like this, this great thing that they just started in the 90s when Hot 97 and all them came. They used to do a live broadcast on WLK that was called uh, Live from the San Susi. Which yes. Is, yes. yes, right. Keep hollering and all of those. Yeah. Right. So that was that was like that was like when when really rap music, club music was getting played on the radio. So that was kind yep. of like Atlanta's introduction to rap music in my eyes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was the first time I started hearing the Run DMCs and those type of records being mixed at the club. You get what I'm saying? Yep. And that was around the time, uh, and I know Raheem and Shadi, y'all remember this, how 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 big the Phoenix nightclub was during that time.
4: Woo! Huge.
1: Phoenix <laughs> nightclub, huge. Yeah, you like, mean, miss, uh, it like was, Mr. Uh, V's, like look, Mr. V's, if you didn't get there at a certain time, that line was wrapped around the uh, outlet. I mean, you know, and, and, like I said, Mr. V's <laughs> was the Studio 54 of the South. <clears throat>
4: Yes,
3: and see the Phoenix had
1: DJ Smash
4: and uh DJ Dazz. Yep, you know, those are our DJs. When they see me and Shady come in,
0: that's right,
4: they, get ready, get ready. You got you coming
1: up in six minutes. DJ Dazz, that was DJ Daz, DJ Smash. Yeah, but
2: yep. you know what, fellas, we got to give Sharon Showcase some love too. Oh, yeah, wasn't that where you was, X? Oh, yeah, I was over at Sharon in high school, like that was uh. How I got with Sharon, I know y'all remember uh, Radio Red and One Eye Jack. Yep. Yeah, Disco Jack. Yeah, Disco Jack. Yeah. Disco Jack, Disco yeah. Jack and, uh, and Red. That's how I got to Sharon. Like, that's okay. how I ended up, you know, I started out going by the uh White uh, they Jack used to be over at Elster Park, and that was the first time I, I got introduced to DJing. And then I seen DJ New York over at uh, Samuel Jones Boys Club. Okay. And I, used to, I started carrying Jack records. I used to carry the records, carry the equipment, make sure everything was, well, you know, whatever they needed me to do. That's how I started out. You know what I mean? Because all I want to do is just, you know, give me a chance to get on the turntables or teach me how to get on the turntable. <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs>
1: DJ New
2: York, where
1: is DJ New York nowadays? Do anybody know?
0: Yeah, um, could y'all hear me? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I talked to this guy, he talked to him all the time. He said his health is bad, said he um <clears throat> His health is kind of bad, so he don't come out that much, but uh he's still around.
2: Yeah, that's that's who I started with. Like, you know, I was 13, 14 years old. They was coming to my mom's house and asking them, could I could I DJ? Hey
0: yo, y'all wouldn't believe it, man. DJ New York had the cater on lock. He was the first DJ to do parties in all these apartments in the cater clubhouses. Man, I'm talking yep, about Misty, DJ Misty, New York,
2: Mr. Waters. Glenn, oh, okay, Hollow. Man, phrase, Glenn Hollow, yeah,
0: I DJ. Did all that. yeah, DJ New York. He had the K crunk. Yep. I'm talking about the early, I'm talking 81. Hey, that was Jay.
5: You gotta go, y'all. Yes, sir. Please, say.
2: Much love right. to
3: you, my brothers. All I've right, all right, right,
2: got go go to go. go.
3: Can't stay no more. I think I hear my mama call, y'all.
0: <laughs> Take it easy, King J. All right, Jay. Jay. All right. Hey, man. Listen, okay. um, yeah. but just um,
2: just, but just fast forward a little bit, like I said, man. Just bringing it back up to date, and I know, like, and I want to bring it back to you, Raheem again. Like a lot of people don't know. First time I ever seen Joe, I think you introduced me to Joe when you when you when you first started dealing with him, like, and then you created after being independent for so long on under somebody else's label. You created your own label, which was Tight to Death. So just kind of give us that whole background.
4: Yep. Uh, what happened was that was right after I I came out with Most Beautiful Girl in 1998. I said, I got a little piece of change here. And I I think it's time to start putting some other people on my label, Tight to Death Records. So I got a guy uh, named Drummer, came to me. He was Terrence Cook, came to me at a barbecue and said, I got a rhyme. I want you to hear Raheem. I just got got out. You know, I've been locked down for a second. I'm a, I'm a youngster. So he beating on his chest, man. And, and he making this rap The left, right, left, get on up. <laughs> I say, whoa, that sounds kind of different. So I took him over Twin Production House, over Shot Twin, over Adam House. Yeah. So we went over there. Twin him saying, I got a new young producer, 15 years old, Shawty Red." won't you introduce him to Drummer, Drummer to him, rather, and let them make some beats for him. So, we came over there. Dude started making some beats to left, right, and left. Um, I said, I'm going to go get y'all something to eat. I came back. Them boys had about four records done. I was like, wow, these youngsters crazy, man. He 15, he 18. At that time, Drummer was 17. So, they making these hit records. I put that out, Get a, get a massive deal with Atlantic. So, then I said, well, you know what? I need to I uh, get some more pets on the label. So that's when I ran into Yandro. Somebody brought me Yandro. Somebody brought me Fabo. Then uh, after that, I had Franchise Boys and White Tees. Right after that, I had uh, Yola the Great, but I ain't gonna let up. I mean, it was hit would hit. I said, you know what? I like this record company stuff, this CEO stuff. So I became being responsible for putting out hit artists out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, backed on the Tight to Death records. That's how I began to start my legacy with, with being a CEO uh, moving from being a rap artist to a CEO of a record label. Right. And I, and hey, I, yo, X. Go.
0: Uh, yo, X, you can hear me? I can hear you. Man, you ain't gonna believe this. I got a right. text two seconds ago from my cousin, Bam Bata, uh, and he brought something to my attention. He said, yo, do y'all remember Shy D went to Columbia? Not Shy D, the other Shy D. Yeah, you too.
2: DJ,
0: yeah. DJ me. DJ Me, yeah, that was my yeah. Bam, Bam Bottom just brought that to my, he just texted me, man, and forgot said, wasn't he, yeah, forgot that's right, him, DJ wasn't DJ he in DJ the, me. yeah, Bam just texted me and said, yo, wasn't he in the early days with y'all, so, yo, we forgot DJ Me. We forgot. Yep. DJ Hey,
4: and also D-Rock,
2: the original D-Rock. D-Rock. Who
0: Oh, yeah, D-Rock, D-Rock was the
2: man who
4: run
0: this buzzer.
2: Mother- that's right, D-Rock. he came,
0: he came out with a record back then, too. But that's so funny. Bam just texted me and brought that to my attention. So he's tuning in with us. So I want all y'all to give a shout out to my cousin Bam Body. He's chiming in right now.
2: Zulu, Zulu, party people, But like I (laughs) want to, I want to make it. funky. I don't want to make it long and drawn out, man. But um, go ahead. But just, just give me like, like Shadie. I know you stay like now. Yeah, you're
0: DJing, you're online, people seeing you now. Just kind of tell the people where you at and what you got going on now. Oh, yeah, basically, man. Like I say, man, well, you know, that's so funny. I just got the text from Bam. So, I mean, I got a, before this Atlanta thing, I got, can I take it back to my New York roots?
2: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I, I, I was rest, I, I didn't know if y'all wanted to stay on. I'm, I can stay all night. We can
0: talk. Oh, nah, we yeah. can talk a little bit. We can chop it up to ten o'clock. Uh, I got a—I got a, a radio interview in California. i mean, with California at ten o'clock. So I'm good.
2: Yeah. Well, tell your rules. Let's let's get it. Yeah. Check rules.
0: this out, man. Um,
2: my charge. I'll be right back. All right. A lot of people <laughs> might
0: and might not notice that. I mean, might not know that I'm from New York City. So. My whole beginning in a hip hop, rap game, breakdancing game comes from the projects that I'm from. I'm from the Bronx River Projects in the Bronx, New York. Right. And if it wasn't for Bam Bada, I mean, me even loving hip hop when it never came about because Bam, when, I, when we was like eight and nine years old, maybe earlier than that, Bam used to put his speaker in the window. And the projects and everybody gather around his window and Bam be rocking music. And then Bam used to take the party to the back of the center and he bring his DJ equipment out and everybody come from the projects, you know, and be out there partying, man. So I got (laughs) to definitely take my hip hop roots back to the Bronx, New York with the Africa Bambada. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And a mighty, mighty Zulu nation.
2: I mean, you have to give respect, you know, respect due to the whole the foundation of hip hop started in New York. So, you know, and, and doing, even back then, I always tell a lot of the guys, the difference between New York guys, like we was into the funk, like we was into the Parliament, Funk, a lot of the funk bands. It was like really about the bands out here. It wasn't yeah. creating a band. It wasn't about, you know, until rap to a lot of the transplants from New York, moved to Atlanta and the kids came. That's what kind of brought that whole influence of breakdancing, DJing, MCing, that's when you know. I know. That's when I got influenced from it because it was cast that was from New York that moved to the cater that influenced me. You get what I'm saying? Like oh, even yeah. when we talk about even when we talk about JC JC, you know he gets from being from Atlanta, but he's from Detroit. So you that's know, right. so that influence that that New York influence had a it had a it, it did a lot to Atlanta when it came. Even to yeah. when you see the all springs, like I said, even what y'all created shot and Raheem. You gotta
0: mm-hmm. look at it in like in amazement at what you what you help create. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yo, I mean, I could go on and on with this, but the funny thing is, yo, when the thing came up about when Kizzy Rock brought it to my attention about battling Raheem, right? I was like, yo, man. I had them LL lyrics, man. I'm in trouble, you know what I'm saying, man? You know what I'm saying? When Rod first dropped, I mean, you know, Rod got part. He started partying late in his in his career. But at uh, yeah. the beginning, Rod wasn't playing with the lyrics, man. So I had to really think about it, man. And then, like I said, we've been having a lot of technical issues building up to this thing for Friday. And I'm was, I'm was saying to myself, man, I might need to bow out, man. You know what I'm saying, man? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, no, but shot. I mean, like I ain't even gonna lie. I think I called <laughs> you. I told you I said I'm, I'm gonna be
2: front row Friday night because I can't wait for yeah. the battle. You know what I'm saying? I think all of Atlanta, you know, it, it's gonna be all in fun. But I think it's yeah. a good thing that you two, two guys is coming together and going hit for hit because y'all was so you know, y'all so instrumental in the beginning of this thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. but that's why I think either way it go, man, it don't matter what, you know is is all yeah. in fun. And, and both of y'all got hits, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah. And see, here's my take
4: on it. Me and Sadi we'll be celebrating 35 years in the game. So what what we wanted to do was make it fun for the Atlanta listeners, the worldwide listeners, uh, people that grew up on our music. It wasn't like we're gonna get on that, Shadi, you ain't this, right you ain't that. You know, yeah. we just dropping our hits and we doing it on a national uh, level was everybody and everybody's at home now. I mean, with that Corona stuff, you know how how the, the ground went up so high now, you know, the views is ridiculous. So we're we giving them some entertainment at the same time and the format and, and Shadi the music gonna be fine and the sound because man, you're gonna be at a location, man, that they got is so perfect. Uh, Cause I know you you like me with that sound. You yeah. want yeah right. Cause we That's ain't giving right. the public <laughs> nothing back. so. We we got some professional people that's doing the sound for both of us. The same person doing his is doing mine. So we okay. get it's gonna be even uh, even playing field. And they got and we got a special guest celebrity DJ DJ Kizzy Rock is DJing for both of us. I mean it's okay. gonna be phenomenal man. Nobody's gonna have no you know no shortages. We drop a number of hits. Ten rounds. Shadi Rahim. Shadi Rahim. Shadi. I mean God damn man. It. I did an interview on the radio. Yesterday, uh, yesterday from uh, Alabama radio station, all they listeners is going to be tuning in to this. The station called me for an interview about this, Shadi, about the battle. Then I got one tomorrow in Dallas, Texas on the radio uh, live IG. I mean, there's going to be so many people watching this, man.
1: So oh, yeah. It, it, so, we're gonna make this- can I say one thing? Can yeah. I say yeah, one thing. <laughs> Hey, Shadi Raheem, y'all remember Baby Legs? Of course I do, your son. I, hey, X, I just want to let you know, my oldest son back in the day, he was called Baby Legs, that was my star break dancer. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to him, because he's looking at us right now on YouTube.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, I hope I hope I hope, and
1: I hope a lot of people is checking this out, because this right here, to me, your tour history, this right here is the making of History X. Yeah. Because um, what I like about Raheem. Nobody would give this man. He's like the Jay-Z of the South. Mm-hmm. He was before Jay-Z, okay? Mm-hmm. He had to start his own label just to make, and I, and was, was what I'm feeling about, he mentioned 35 years. That was yeah. the last time me and Raheem really <laughs> communicated. Yeah. And, it's, and it's wild, you see what I'm saying? But I'm yeah. proud of him, I'm proud of shadi d because hey,
2: you know, it's a beautiful thing. That's a, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Yes, right. Hey, hey so one hey, so, and y'all put niggas on. <laughs> hey, so, so listen, yeah. hey, so listen. Let me say this though, because we we can't we we cannot do this in do this without mentioning this. Tell the people how important the booty clubs was in in, in developing your music and, and get and, and how how it exposed your music to just the regular people in Atlanta. Man, i go ahead and start it off.
4: Look here. That was my main platform. I knew exactly how many strip clubs we had in Atlanta,
0: black and white.
4: <laughs> we had 41 strip clubs. <laughs> right. 41. They was on my list. I would have to start at 11 a.m. to start, and i start further out. i start Stone Mountain. Work my way back <laughs> in uh, through Decatur, cutting past Foxie later. Oh, we got to go to Blue Flame. I'm trying to hit all my routes before five o'clock
2: traffic jam. Okay, are you, doing, so, are you getting? Are you doing day shift because it's free?
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I'm, I'm doing day shift because they DJs play your music.
4: So right. what I would do, I would hit the DJs, and then I, if I know I can't come back that evening, I say get us to the night shift DJ. Oh, I'm covering all my DJs. Because because some of them some of them wouldn't give the other DJs to me. They said, "Man, he ain't give me any shit. He ain't leave me none." So he's not gonna come back to your club. So I'm trying to knock out both DJs night and day shift at the same time. And I end up at the hottest club for the night shift. You know, Magic City and all them Blue Flame. I'm
5: getting at them. I'm hitting them at eight nine o'clock.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, right. I learned
5: a lot of that. I learned a lot of uh, how to work a record from you, bro. Thank. You. I learned. I learned, yeah. that, I learned I think, that, like going to the clubs and shit. Yeah. Like I used to see you do it, cause I was one of the did damn DJs. But <laughs> I used to see
2: you everywhere, bro. You yes. know what I mean, he was a hustler. That's yeah, right. right. But
1: I'm. A, but I'm
2: gonna get. I'm a, but I'm gonna tell you, Raheem. Like, and in, in this just, just, just giving you your props. though for real, like that, that's something I still tell the artists to do to this day. If you're in mm-hmm. Atlanta, there's so many strip clubs. That's why, as Coalition DJs, we we, 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 we we in all your strip clubs. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's right. yeah, at the same time, you got to go and get your record played in the strip club. You yep. know what I mean? So, And, it, and, it, and it's best to go hand to hand. Like you said, I started at 11 in the morning. I would yep. make sure. Shout- and the reason why I stay at Day Show, a lot of the artists don't understand like having your record played when everybody's in the club is great, but getting there early and building that relationship with that DJ. It's yeah. way more important than putting $50 in his hand. Because yep. you can put $50 or $100 in his hand at any time. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. He's going to take it, I promise you. He's going to take it. <laughs> but if you're going to build that relationship with him, you know, shit, you may, you may give him $50 one night just on, on a humbug. He, he really appreciate it. Because now y'all developed the relationship. That $50 yep. mean a lot more to him than you just $750 in his face and say, play that record. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So hey Shadi.
5: I'll oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead,
2: folks.
5: Shadi, being, yo, yo. being that you came from prison, man, for all these young gangster ass niggas, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to tell your experience, man, from you know, going to prison for murder and shit. Just no, did.
1: not murder. He didn't murder. No. But funny thing about it. Let me, let me say one thing. This is funny now. I'll never forget this. Shadi called me and He said, Rav, I just shot somebody. I said, oh, no, you didn't. I
0: said, is he dead?
1: Shadi said, no. I said, good. Turn yourself in. Oh, uh, good. Isn't that right, Shadi?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Turn
1: yourself in.
0: Okay. You know. Alright. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what were you saying, Fucky? <laughs> <funky.
5: laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Alright. So, but, uh, okay. You know, just just the whole experience, like, yeah. Still, still wanted to, uh, you know, be motivated in the music. Oh.
0: Uh what made me like after I got out. Yeah, I know I know. Uh,
5: Rav said like your record was popping and stuff. That probably had a lot to do with it, but you know,
0: um, still though. Nah, well basically, uh, you know, hip hop was all I knew. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, don't get me wrong. I had a job when I was young, parking cars. You know, I used to do valet parking out there at the Ritz-Carlton and Lennox. But hip hop was running through my blood so bad. <laughs> excuse me, once I got a chance to experience, experience hip hop, travel the world with hip hop. I mean, what am I going to do? Come out of jail and go to a job, which I tried. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Bigelow's that own Bigelow's on Gresham road. I yeah. work at that club right now, but Mr. Bigelow gave me my first job when I came home, he had a contract out at the airport, Uh, you know, cleaning up all the restrooms and stuff. So, let me tell you a funny story about that. I did that <laughs> for four days when I got out. What I did was I used to, you know, I used to clean up the offices and stuff. So it was this white man that used to like me. So every time I come in his office to clean up, he called me New York. So he's like, hey, what's up, New York? I said, everything good. So I said, yo, let me ask you a question. How much do you make an hour? He said 3250. He was working for Delta. I said, well, I just want to tell you today, my last day, it was a pleasure meeting you. He was like, what happened? I said, yo, I'm quitting right now because you told me you make thirty-two fifty. You want to know how much I make an hour? And I told him what I made an hour. and You know what I'm saying? I said, yo, I got to get back into rap, man. I can't, you know, yep. when that man told me he made $32.50 an hour, he was my motivation to get back into the music business. Yep. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and also with Raheem not trying to be funny because yep. I was I wanted to get into it but I was you know you got you know you got one foot in the door and one foot out yeah. I was I was really like that but when rod called me up for short shorts you know what I'm saying rod, like I say he called me funky fresh out the <laughs> pen you know what I'm saying so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's an old school word right funky fresh you know yeah. we from the old school yeah rob called me fresh he caught me fresh out the pen and when we made that record and the record blew up i said yeah i gotta stay with this shit yep
4: absolutely
5: Absolutely. and, 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 and Shady was performing in uh run dmc was op- i think he opened up for Ron dmc at somebody
0: yeah at, at the omni
5: Nah,
0: at the gate, nigga, right here on Glen. Oh, yeah, Club. yeah, okay, uh-huh. me and Smurf.
5: Yep,
2: uh, Shadi, I'm gonna take you back though. You All right, remember this the first time the first time I seen you in, in concert was when you opened up a new edition at uh Civic
0: Center. Oh, wow, you remember? Yeah, that? that's like we hooked that up for Shadi, <laughs> me and Cal, yeah, because that man, I, y'all took me back, man, I was a yeah. Man, I was a new edition fan, man. I thought I oh, was Ralph Trezvan back then. That's right. All of, all
1: of the girls <laughs> thought you was Ralph Trezvan.
0: Yeah. Only difference between
1: you and him, you was light-skinned, he was dark-skinned. Yeah, yeah, man,
0: because, yo, 8 ex, my voice sounded just like him when I was young, man. I, I, dude, I was there. I'm telling you, like,
2: they went crazy when you hit the stage. Like, I was just like, oh, man, he just killed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 And that,
2: see, I remember that. I remember that at the uh, Civic
1: Center, them girls were so crazy, they scared the hell out of New Edition, because they moved that stage, but when Shadi came out, it was like he he, he had magic, you know, he was magic. Like they still was excited, but when they moved that stage, when New Edition was on, it, them little boys got so petrified, they didn't want to go back out. So Shadi went out there and did his thing, and I said, golly, that's when I knew this guy got some talent. Is a gift. Mm-hmm. In other words, everybody can't do this. Yep. You're like with Raheem, everybody can't do it. But you got a gift. Use that gift, and that's what mm-hmm. they did. I'm just it, the only thing that hurt my heart is when Shadi did what he did. But hey, when he came back out, he, he just told you the story. Once he got back into the game,
2: mm-hmm. it was nonstop. It was nonstop. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, but I got but I got this saying. I always say. I say, hip hop will gas you up. And it'll humble
0: you at the same time, you know what I'm saying. So, well, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and and that that with me getting incarcerated was perfect timing, you know what I'm saying because what it what it basically was was I was frustrated with Luke for jerking me, and I took my frustrations to the street. So I was like, <clears throat> "This man ain't paying me my money. Anybody in the street say something to me, I'ma slap the shit out of him." You know, it was it was that kind of thing. It was frustration. Mm-hmm. So. You know the the right person came to me at the right time to get shot. You know what I'm saying. So that's all I'm saying. These young brothers, you know what I'm saying, man. They gotta, you know what I'm saying. Yes. So what
2: was but huh? I, but but after going through that though though, like you know, and then humbling you, what was your what was the learning lesson you took from it though? Like what 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 would you give somebody else as a learning? Like what would you say? Like okay, nigga, if you if you at the top of your game, yeah. you got a nigga confront can you with some bullshit
0: like this. How do you deal with basically if I had a chance to do it again, I would have, I would have went home. I mean, I mean, you know, I would have, I wouldn't have followed the man and shoot the man. I would have just went home and shook it off. You know what I'm saying? But this comes to a thing, not trying to be funny with drugs and alcohol in your system, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have no crack in my system, had weed and liquor in my system, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. when when you got drugs in your system, this is a message to the kids, you know, when you got, you're not thinking with your right brain, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Your brain, you're not functioning 100%, you know? So that's another part of the situation that happened, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't in my right mind because I know, if I was in my right mind, you know what I'm saying, I would've just went home and let it go. You know. Yeah,
5: yeah.
0: And with you right here,
5: you had an artist locked up. Uh, how was that experience?
4: Man, it was it was horrible because the funny part about getting the deal was the label was so happy. Before I got the deal, I was number two on the Billboard as an independent artist and label. Never heard before drummer selling 10,000 a week. Atlantic Records eventually did the deal with me ASAP, but I had got another offer before Atlantic. I got an offer from Def Jam Records from Kevin Lyles first. So they flew us up a week before I did the deal with Atlantic. And the funniest part in the world, man, (laughs) he came in off, they got security guards, um, police at the door of the label. I was like, what's up with that? They say, yeah, because Artists be coming back up here tripping, you know, on their royalty checks, you know. So I was like, damn, that ain't a good sign. Y'all got police and armed guards at the door. Y'all must not be paying people for something going on. So, but make a long story short, I flew back to Atlanta and I got a call from uh, Mike Karen and he said, we've been following y'all from city to city. And every time we get there, they say, y'all just left. Where you going to be at for the next week? I told him and he said, we'll fly y'all to New York. And when we went up there, they said, get your lawyer on the line, we're gonna cut a check today. They got a lawyer on the line and they told him the price and they cut a check right there. And, and we start saying drummers with Atlantic. But here, here come the bad part. We get back and I, I pay my artists, I got my money, we jagged up, we everything. I'm looking around, me and Drummer getting ready to go to a release party for him. He not getting on the expressway. I'm like, he's supposed to be following me. I see blue lights in my rearview
5: mirror.
4: Oh <laughs> uh, shit, they done pulled drummer over and he driving my Lexus. So they pulled Drummer over. I stopped and his, his phone pocket dialed me. So I'm asking the phone. I'm talking to Drummer. I'm thinking he can hear me, but he's not hearing me. He's talking back to the police lady. He's like, now, please, please. I'm you know, you can't take me. i da da da. So she said she pulled his license the whole night. She say. We're not going to arrest you, but we got to take you in for questioning this now. I say, well, what happened? So I got the towed back for him, find out that he was on probation. So I was like, man, you never told me you was on probation. He said, yeah, I forgot. You know, he said, <laughs> don't go away like that. I say, you know, let me contact your probation officer. I called a lady. She said, that sounds good. And I'm glad he got a job and everything, but he never paid his probation fees. I said, how much are they? She said, in all, it's a total $1,200. He paid like $100 a month for a year. She said, he hadn't come to the first meeting yet. I said, what? And hadn't paid. She said, so we got to get him and he, he got to do two months. I was like, I just got to get <laughs> from Atlantic Records like last week. How can I call Atlantic and say, guess what? the brand new high artist that look like Tupac that y'all finna dump all this money and do shit for two months. I can't tell them that. So I played it off for a while, they kept calling. I said, yeah, from so a real busy. I'm telling Atlantic record I said, man, before we did a deal with y'all, we had got so many bookings. I got him on the road. <laughs> you started.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I started for a minute. Then I'm contacting the damn jail, they
4: say, well, he don't start his time yet until we can get him a bed. I said, well, get him a goddamn bed. He been in there for a month. and we got a month left. He said, no, he don't start until we send him. So that's when we had to get lawyers and all this stuff involved. And, you know, long story short, he, he, he went in and do his time, and he got in trouble fighting the guard while he was in there, and they added another six months. And I'm like, oh, my God. Damn. So I lost that video you know, with the label with him because I had to go on and tell him the damn truth. This man gonna be out for about eight months. (laughs) And it's not my damn
2: fault. That's crazy. What can you do, man? (laughs) Man. So, hey, but the
5: record still was going up. Still
4: blowing up. And and here here goes the lesson, though. Once we got him out, we got him out for two months. Two months, they flew us to L.A and shot his next video called uh, the double time and then did a lot of media, the whole nine, they did that and they say, okay, now you can go to jail. We got enough pictures, we
5: got enough <laughs> <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> I said, damn. So they say, that you got <laughs> So I guess the lesson is to have all your shit together before you put an artist out. Yeah. yeah, find out about your artist. Ask them if they on probation, <laughs> they're on parole, they
4: got probation officers. Find out about your artist. You know, tell them you want to know that because we're going to invest some money in you. And if you blow up, shit, what if you book for a tour and they give you half your money up front, but you got to go through six months in jail? Now you got to turn 500000 back into the promoter. I mean, hmm. it's it, it crazy, man.
2: That's crazy. Now, yep. now and now, you, you and Smurf had a nice little run together man tell us about like you know that chemistry y'all had when y'all was putting out when y'all like y'all was having back to back hits like doing like especially like during the mid the early 90s
0: yeah well basically man um when i taught smurf how to work that drum machine man he, he turned into a beast on that thing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and you know don't get me wrong every once in a while i'll bring a song to him i say yo smurf man I used to like this record back in the day, see what you can do with it. And he'll take it and beat it up, man. You know what I'm saying? So the chemistry was good. Like I say, man, I was just like the overseer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I can't take no credit for nothing he did uh, beat wise. You know what I'm saying? So I just felt good because I say after Mike Fresh, Mike Fresh and Smurf. Those are two guys that you don't got to do nothing but write your rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They they got you on the beat. Yep. Trust me, man. You know what I'm saying? And it's so crazy. You know, I got to bring up something while we talking. You know, we got the world talking. It's so crazy that Toomp is out there every time he do an interview. He telling everybody he he produced Shake It. Shoot, Toomp did not produce Shake It. Mike Fresh produced Shake It.
5: Okay. You know what I'm
0: saying? So I definitely want everybody to know that, man, because, you know, Probably about a year and a half ago, Mike Fresh called me. He was damn near crying, you know what I'm saying? Because he said that Toomp is out there telling everybody that he produced Shake it and and he didn't produce Shake It, you know what I'm saying? So,
5: But so back to me and
0: Smurf, yeah, back to me and Smurf, it was a beautiful thing, man. Smurf was a beast. Mm-hmm. So,
2: so now let me ask you this other question, too. Is it true a lot of the bass music that was coming out of Miami was made by Atlanta producers? Not at all. Who said that? A lot, a lot, of, a lot of the Miami based records that was coming out of Miami was,
0: was made was by Atlanta producers. Nah, I mean you had Mr. Mitz down there, you had Beatmaster Clay D, you had Magic Mike, all of them was doing beats. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yep. So I don't know who said that. Okay. So who did um did not uh, one one
2: Rodney Terry and all those guys down there at the same time?
0: Yeah, they was down there, but uh like Mike Fresh See, out of, It's so funny. I'ma tell you they was down there, but they weren't producing hits. I mean, one you devil, know,
2: one devil one devastator there too. Devastated. Yeah, did Devastator
0: was there. He did, he did shake what your mama gave you and I wanna rock. Now he did good. Don't get me okay. wrong. The only hit record uh, uh Kali did was uh my boot.
4: Okay, And your other boy from uh with 6ix9ine boss who was producing
0: yeah, you know, CC Lemonhead.
4: Yeah, you okay. know, for
0: was, producer for Jay and them. Yeah, for yeah. Jay and um, Thriller player. I had, I had heard
2: that, so I wanted to ask you because I know you was there.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, nah, man, them Florida boys was getting busy too, man. Can't yeah. take nothing away from them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you can't take nothing away. Them boys was beasts. Come on, man, Magic Mike, man. You know that the album Magic he had Mike, went oh, about Magic triple platinum. Yeah, and that he did. Shit. He did his own. He produced the whole album and shit. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So. So even like even when you see so even like you know, both of y'all came through and y'all developed y'all thing then when, when street music happened, how did y'all feel about when the whole street movement happened? Like, you know, we went from party records to then you know everybody started trapping and yeah, gangster rap. Like
0: how okay, bro.
2: Yeah man, when when that happened, I say, well it's time for take a
4: little vacation.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, what nobody dancing in the club no more? Everybody just in a pile, just jumping up and down like this. I say, damn. So, man, believe it or not, we still was getting bookings. But I'm going to tell you where my bookings was coming from. I began to be a Latino sensation. That's right. All through Texas, I'm getting calls left and right. And I get to town, and the whole club is jam-packed. I'm talking about 1,000 Latinos, maybe one black person in the club. And they sing
0: about word for word. (laughs) Yeah. I I got a new love for Latin, baby. Yeah. And that's that's true, man. Because I was a California sensation, man. I mean, I was flying so much out to California, man. I told them, stop calling me because I hate the plane rides. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, I'm not coming out there no more. I was just out there two weeks ago. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's but it's
2: but it's crazy, like up and I'm and uh, I know you remember this, like when I had when I had kids and we got out there and we started touring, we were really moving off of your blueprint. Like you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't know, like as far as that independent grind, going to those country towns and shit like that. That yeah. was your grind, like. And I had to ask you this: How did how did that happen? Shit, man, get Mark. mark. <laughs>
4: I'm gonna tell you how it happened, and and the format still works today. Right? I, I, look, it, it works today. I'm telling you, it's so good. We would get in the car and we would gas up and we we are planning to do like a week trip on the road. And when I say a week, say we just going to hit Georgia and we stand at the hotels and we're hitting all the clubs. we going to like Rome, Georgia, Dublin, Georgia, Warner Roberts, Perry, Georgia, Thomaston, Madison. They like well, are those cities on the map? I said, yeah. And they,
5: <laughs>
4: and they got sports balls, And they got people who don't want to drive our way to Atlanta to go to right. a concert. They want a concert. And they said, we began taking pictures with everybody. So now the club owners are like, are you are you free this weekend? Like, absolutely. And then you can't charge them what you charge Atlanta and Miami. You might charge Atlanta 5000 to go do an hour show down there, you might get $750, okay? <laughs> right. And guess what? Go go do about 10, $750 shows in the country town. That's $7500. That's right. That's, that's that month. And then those, my only show money, that's future fans, that's people that are buying your music, downloading your music, uh, IG, the whole nine. So, and then those people never forget you, man. You take pictures with them. You, you look up on, on, on social media and they send you a picture of y'all at the club. I said, man, I was like 60 pounds lighter. You,
5: know?
4: <laughs> they, they, you take a picture with people, mamas and they kids. And, uh, I mean, they send the pictures back to you, man. It, it just it warms your heart up, man, to know that people still follow you. And they they like, man, you know what? You're still the same, man. You ain't changed on us. You know, my income changed up and down. I got deals, I didn't get deals. But the
2: change the income changed, but I still remain Raheem. That's right. Because mm-hmm. like because, like, you know, even now, I I you know, I noticed like even with how they push records now, a lot of the kids and a lot of the artists don't know that, that shit came from the whole booty shake, the whole shit that was the blueprint for Atlanta. Like yep. when niggas go, when niggas go, oh, I'm gonna go take my record to make it. I'm going to go to Augusta. I'm going to go yeah, here. That's right. That came from the whole bass movement. like. Yeah. But, but motherfuckers sweat at something new. Nah. That, came from, that came from the Shadi, the Raheem, the Dreams, the, the, the Ghetto Mafias. The, you know, all you know, they come from the real grassroots Atlanta artists. Like, that's how a record was worked. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The indie artists. You know what I mean? So when I hear that now, how, like, how do y'all feel about now when you hear that and you see it, and that was like this new invented shit that they doing, but, yep. you, but you looking at it going like, I was doing this in eighty something. Get, yeah. what told you. Hey, get what I tell? Get what I tell?
4: I said I was doing that for your mama met your daddy.
5: <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> That's a good one, Raheem. That's <laughs> a good one.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, Bring fellas.
5: Two shot,
0: and your mom. Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get ready, get off y'all, cause I got a ten o'clock one with All right, California, man. y'all. Okay, All right, man. So we
2: yeah. gonna wrap it up, man. Like I say, just tell, just Shadi real quick, tell them uh, what you got going on and why you do the same and black. Okay. You do the same. Okay. Y'all just going
0: there. All right. Check it out, y'all. Um. I DJ at Bigalow's on Tuesday in Decatur on Grushing Road. You know, I don't know the address, but um, everybody heard of Bigger I'm at Bigger on Tuesdays, and then I'm at Dudley's on Saturday and Sunday down in Lithonia. I DJ at Dudley's on uh Saturday and Sunday in Lithonia, and um, basically, I'm a little house DJ. That's all, okay, man.
2: Hey, and I'm telling you, you, have a ball when you go by there. You know, Shadi, I always drop in on you every now and
0: then, man, and I really do appreciate you dropping in on us, all right? No doubt, man. I had a good time. I appreciate the interview. All right, Funky Man, Rabbi, Ra. Love all y'all brothers. X. All right, Sha. I'll see you
1: Friday, Sha.
0: Oh, nah.
5: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love you, man.
1: Let me back out. Let me back out, because I'm getting ready to do my thing. And um, X, Funk, Raheem, Yeah, old man is in the rocking chair, taking these and taking, like, one day at a time. You know, I'm not, you know. I'm, I'm retired. I am retired. But when it comes to DJing, I'm like on call. Yes. If somebody, if somebody want me to DJ, I mean, I'll do it. But Because back in the day when I used to DJ, I used to start at $1,000. Because if you start at $100, that's what you're going to get is 100 yeah. I started a $1,000. People say $1,000. I said, what are you looking to spend? When they say $700, i will take it. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I'm still like that, like Raheem said, that same formula he had back then. It's yeah. the same yeah. way because where I'm at down here at Locust Grove, mm-hmm. when they look at Atlanta, I mean, they look at Atlanta like a big city. I'm gonna say yeah. it's only 40 miles up the road. But the thing about uh the country towns, they love that, they love that energy. Like Raheem would come down here to Locust Grove or I mean I he mm-hmm. can go past. We could go down to Brunswick, Georgia. <laughs> yo, hey, X, I want to thank you for bringing me on. Funky, Raheem, you know, we're going to keep in touch, man. Yes, definitely. This guy right here, I haven't talked to him in 35 years.
2: and we I had a take... long talk the other night. Then we, oh, we had talk? a
1: long We had a long talk. We had a we long talk. We couldn't even with... get on the phone, could we? <laughs> man, I'm
2: happy, I'm happy to hook y'all back up, man. You know, it's right a blessing, though. Okay. Right on. So I'm going to give my, my uh I, I will
4: talk to you later, uh, Rabbi. I will give you a call. Gentlemen, funky, X man I love you too. You're my brothers from another mother, man. I'm trying to tell you, you guys have always been real since day one. I've been knowing y'all for over three decades. And, and <laughs> man, it says a lot, man, that you guys are still the same, still look the same, got dog. I'm <laughs> like, man, so, so God treating y'all good, man. And I just want to say that we continue to do what we do. And, and we're only getting better at what we do, and we can spread the knowledge and pass it on like you're doing right now, uh, because there's a lot of people in this world that need to know this and need to hear this. And uh, yeah. for those that are tuning in, uh, my IG is Raheem Steel Tight to Death One. Raheem Steel Tight to Death One. That's the new IG. Also, you can check me and MC Shadi out this Friday at 8 p.m. on IG and. and All the Facebook, all the social media is going to be listening. We're going to be performing live, and we're going to be doing our hits. number classics, DJ. uh, Kizzy Rock is going to be DJing for both of us. It's nothing but love, but it's just to put on a show for you guys because everybody been wanting to see us, and you can't go nowhere right now. Corona took over. You can't even (laughs) have basketball, baseball, football, none of that stuff, man. So we couldn't even have the Final Four. So that's serious. So we're going to do this. For all the people in the world that can tune in, man, and show y'all how we really rock down South ATL, man. And, and I love you guys, man. And y'all stay strong, keep pushing, man. Anything you need from Raheem, you give me a call, man. I'm there.
5: We need
2: you know, to do the we need to do the uh the, the movie, man. Absolutely. Yeah, We're hey, yeah. we gonna we work on the documentary and all that, man. But like I said, man, I, I thank you for coming in, man. And, and, I, you know, anytime I call you and ask you for anything, right? You always, you know, it's all love, man. And absolutely, man. Okay, I'll talk to you gentlemen later. Peace.
5: All right, right. Yo, funky DJ Big X. Good job, all right, my- man.
2: I'm gone. Y'all have a good night. All right, bro. I'm gone.